All right, I'm going to read uh, just a few verses from Hebrews 11 for us. Uh, we're going to jump around, so I'll let you know what verses I'm in and when. Let's go ahead and start with verses 1 and 2 from Hebrews 11. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, hope for the conviction of things not seen. For by the people of old received their commendation. Then we're going to skip down to verse 6. And without faith it is impossible for, to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then go ahead and jump down to verses 13 through 16, which says, <clears throat> These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And we're going to go ahead and jump down to 21 and 22 for the last couple. That says, By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship, over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Let's go ahead and pray. Grace, Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for today and just this morning. And God, being who you are, I know when I go to think about you and I try to imagine who you are, I just, I can't do it because you're uncomprehendable. And I just thank you so much for that because that's what makes you God. God, I just want to pray for us uh, as a church family, Lord, that you would just continue to help us to grow together through Trey's talks and uh, just community with each other, and that you would just build us up uh, as a community to go out and serve you and spread your word. I just pray for our service this morning and our time together that you would let it be blessed. I pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gary. If you haven't had a chance to talk with Gary or get to know Gary, he's our youth pastor here at Grace. I encourage you to say hello to him and his girlfriend and his two buddies, and uh, they have been a tremendous blessing to us. So thanks, Gary. And uh, let's turn now in our Bibles, if you have them, to the book of Genesis. We will be wrapping up our sermon series in the life of Joseph, entitled Life Lessons from the Life of Joseph. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis, chapter 49. We will be in Genesis chapter 49 and go into the very last chapter of the book of Genesis, chapter 50. So we'll, we will be wrapping up our sermon series this morning. I've entitled my sermon, Joseph, Part 7, Joseph's Final Years. Joseph's Final Years. If you don't have your own text, there should be a few Bibles in the pew backs in front of you. And if you don't have access to either of those, the text this morning should be on the screen. And so Genesis chapter 49 and 50 is where we are going to be. I trust that you're there or close to it as we jump into our final sermon. I hope you found it enjoyable and helpful. Many, many life lessons from the life of Joseph, and uh, I've enjoyed it quite a bit. So let's jump now to chapter 49. Let's pray, and then we'll jump right in and finish up the life of this great man, the life of Joseph. So would you bow with me one more time and pray? 
Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for these men and women, these boys and girls who are here. We ask the blessing upon the reading and the teaching of your word. We pray that it would be accurate and helpful. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come in power so that the the word may not just go to the people in word only, but as Paul says, in word uh, and in power. And I pray uh, that, Holy Spirit, you would come and that you would move in our midst, that you would move in our lives. Holy Spirit, you know each of us because you indeed are God. And for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, you dwell even in the midst of us and you know us better than we know ourselves. You know the circumstances that we find ourselves in this morning. You know what they are and you know how we got there. And you know where we're going because you indeed are God. And so Holy Spirit, as the omnipotent and omniscient God, would you speak? your word that is timeless and without error and that is altogether helpful for us, would you speak and apply your word to our individual lives and to our individual circumstances and to our individual hearts so that we might hear what you want to say, not what I have to say, but what you have to say through your word as we look at the final years of this man, Joseph. Father, we thank you for him. We thank you that you have brought him up for a time as this, that you used him to be a, a kind of savior for your people, to preserve the life of many people, both in Egypt and for those who were his brothers. And we know that he is a type of the one to come, a type of the person, Jesus Christ, who would come, who would live a sinless life and would die the death for our sins, and that he too would save many lives if we would come and bow down in humble submission, recognizing our need for his provision, just as Joseph's brothers did. And he says, Jesus, you say that you will give us eternal life. If we repent and turn and trust in you and what you have done alone, you will give us eternal life. You will give us regeneration and a new birth, and you will cause us to have a resurrection life. And so we thank you for this promise, and we thank you uh, for the man that this life of Joseph points towards. And so, Father, would you be with us? Would you help us? And we pray that all that we do would be for your, glo- your glory and <clears throat> would be for your honor. And all of God's people said, amen. I ran across a story this week of an embarrassing mistake made by a flower shop, and I'd like to read the story to you. It goes something like this. There was a man who had a friend, And this man's friend was a businessman, and his business was going very well. In fact, his business was going so well, in fact, that he decided to to build a new building and to expand and increase his business. And so his sales had gone up, and he decided to build a new warehouse. He decided to build new sales offices. And so uh, the building was started, and the building finally was completed, and the move was done. And so to celebrate the occasion, this man's friend had a a, a grand opening, so to speak, uh, an opening for his new business, and he received a bouquet of flowers. He received a gift of flowers from his very good friend, but as he looked at the note attached to the flowers, he noticed something very odd. In fact, the note was really most likely not for him because the card read as such. The card read, my deepest sympathy during your time of sorrow. And of course, the man thought, this is probably not for me, and so he called his friend up. He wanted to make sure that that was the case. So he called his friend up and he said, hey, uh, thanks for the flowers. I really appreciate it, but the note was a little off. And his friend said, well, what do you mean the note was off? And he said, well, it said my deepest sympathy during this time of sorrow. And the man said, oh no, that's, that's not what I intended to send you. And so he called 
the florist where he made the purchase, and he asked the florist, hey, what's, what's up with the, the note and the sympathy card? That shouldn't have gone to my friend. And of course, the florist was upset and a little embarrassed about it, and he said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm terribly sorry about the mix-up that was going to a funeral that was happening on the same day. And the man said, well, I guess that's reasonable. But, but then the man, the florist, uh, picked up the conversation. He said, but, but, but I hope you'll have understanding. I, I hope you'll be patient. Your situation is not as half as bad as the one down at the funeral home. And the man said, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, the folks there received flowers, your flowers, accompanied with your note. And the note said this, best wishes in your new location. You know, this card, uh, best wishing somebody best in their new location, would in a sense be fitting for the two men whose lives we're going to see end this morning. The book of Genesis ends with two funerals. It ends with two deaths, and these flowers, although mistaken, would be fitting ends and would be fitting cards to send to these two men. We're going to see the funeral of Joseph's dad by the name of Jacob. And we're going to see Joseph's funeral. And I think these cards would be fitting because the scripture tells us this morning that both Jacob and Joseph went on to their new locations and they had confidence in where they were going. They knew that when they died, they had faith in the promises that God had given them. Certainly not all of the promises that we have after the cross, but God had given them and their family some promises some promises that they would return back to the land, that their family would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and would become a great nation, and that they would one day return to the promised land in which they left. And their lives, that is Jacob's life and Joseph's life, was, was marked by faith, faith in God's promises, so that they could end their days, their final days, in faith, in confidence, knowing that not only they would go to be with God because they had faith in these promises that God had given him, but that one day God's promises to their ancestors would be true. So as we turn to Genesis chapter 49 and 50, what I want us to see is there are three major sections in this last couple chapters of the book of Genesis. Really, the book of Genesis focuses on the final days of Joseph, the final days of Joseph, and it's marked by three characteristics. So if you're taking notes, just jot these three things down, and we'll follow this outline. First of all, the final days of Joseph are marked by grief. Number one, it's marked by grief as he loses his beloved father. Secondly, it's marked by grace. It's marked by grace.